When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. My name is Bethany Finger, and if you are listening to this, you are about to start the Prince Kai Fan Pod Episode 1. Thank you so much for listening, for giving us a chance. I just want to fill you in on a few things. We have been doing the podcast now for almost three years, and there have been tons and tons and tons of changes, but the first one is that the audio gets so much better. So I know this first episode is a little rough, but if you can bear with us for a little while while we get ourselves figured out, I promise you it will improve. We also now have the support and love of Marissa Meyer herself. She has been on episodes. She has been on lives on Instagram. She has done Zoom meetings, and she even put me in the acknowledgement section of Gilded, her most recent book, which is a Rumpelstiltskin retelling that came out in November of 2021. I want to say thank you so much for checking out this podcast. If you are like me, Bethany, and you love these books so much that when you got done reading them, You just wanted to read them again. You just didn't want to say goodbye to those characters. You didn't want to say goodbye to that world. Then this is the podcast for you. You can pick up right where you left off and start reading along with us. Each episode is spoiler free as you go. So we will talk in depth about what happened in chapter one of Cinder, for example, but we won't talk about anything that happens after chapter one of Cinder. And so each week you can join us as we start this wonderful book club and we go book by book, chapter by chapter, story by story, as we just enjoy talking and bonding and experiencing these wonderful characters and this wonderful world that Marissa has given to us. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for being here. And welcome to Prince Kai Fan Pod. Book one. While her sisters were given beautiful dresses and fine slippers, Cinderella had only a filthy smock and wooden shoes. Bethany. I'm Becca. Welcome to Prince Kai Fan Pod Episode 1. Yay! How are you today? I'm good, Bethany. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited. So today we're going to talk about Cinder Chapter 1. Yes, I'm very excited. This is it's such yeah. a great introduction into the series. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I have only ever read Cinder and then like half of Scarlet. Yeah, Scarlet's the second one. Okay. And I was definitely in a daze when I read them uh, because you recommended that I read them. I was having my twins who are now 18 months old. And so my brain has been shut off for about a year and a half. And I know I enjoyed Cinder and I enjoyed starting Scarlet. And then the lack of sleep made me stop reading. So I'm excited to get back into it. I am too. And I haven't. Bethany is a super fan. I love them. I love Marissa Meyer. My first experience with Cinder was 
I was just kind of walking around Target, as we like to do, and I saw that cover, that cover with the word cinder, and then you just see the red high heel and the foot with the kind of transformative image of the robotic limbs underneath, and it's just so intriguing, and I picked it up right then and there, and at that time, Scarlet had already been released, so... I read the whole book in like 18 hours and ran to Walmart to buy the second one because it wasn't a Target. <laughs> I do have a slight obsession with fairy tale adaptations in general. So I was already kind of drawn to even just the word sender. But this is definitely one of my favorite series and one of my favorite authors. Awesome. Well, I'm super excited to get into it. So Bethany, do you want to tell our listeners who you are? My name is Bethany, and I am <laughs> I am a librarian. I'm working on my master's degree, so books are my life and my joy. I've got two dogs, and they're awesome, and I've got a husband, and he's super cool, and we currently live in Mississippi, where it's deliciously warm right now. Soon going to be so humid I can't breathe, but right now it's lovely. <laughs> so I'm Becca. I have two cats that are jerks and two kids that are hooligans, and a husband, and I work in insurance, live in Omaha, and I'm a Hufflepuff. <gasps> I'm and a Ravenclaw, I should have said that. Yeah, I'm a Ravenclaw. <laughs> I think you got that when you said librarian. Yeah, right. I, I think it was <laughs> it's, impl- it's like heavily implied. <laughs> so, should we get into it? Yes, very first episode, chapter one. And I just, I really want to read the quote. I just love it so much. Do it, do it. Love yeah, it so much. with a quote. Book one. While her sisters were given beautiful dresses and fine slippers, Cinderella had only a filthy smock and wooden shoes. Right away, I feel like it sets the tone for the whole, the whole book. Like we know we're talking about Cinderella. We're reminded if, if we need reminding of what Cinderella is, we're reminded that she has, you know, stepsisters that are treated superior to her and that she's kind of on the poorer spectrum with a smock and wooden shoes and. And then the very first sentence of the very first chapter is about her, her cyborg ankle and foot. Right. And <laughs> yeah, so you see the cover and you think like, um, that's a bionic foot in a red high heel. But then you see the quote and you're like, oh, wait, this is Cinderella. That is kind of intriguing. And something very true to the original Grimm Cinderella, which I have a copy of, we don't get a description of what she looks like. Uh-huh. The only thing we're told in this first chapter about what she looks like is when she's pulling her hair back, and we don't even get what color it is. All we get is that she pulled her hair into a messy ponytail. So all we know is uh-huh. that it's long enough to go in a ponytail. We don't know what color it is. We don't know what length uh-huh. it is. Is it curly? Is it straight? We know nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Open to interpretation. It is, and I love that. We'll get more descriptions later on in the book, but I do like that right from the beginning, we don't know what she looks like. You can kind of insert whatever imagery you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. So right away, first paragraph, we know that she's got a screw through her ankle that was busted and stripped. And, but her knuckles ache, so she is capable of aching. Yeah, so we know Um, she's not all bionic. Right. We know that there's yeah, some humanoid some to her that she feels re- like receptive pain. And then we also find out she has a prosthetic steel hand. Yes. So right away, chapter one, we're like, okay, what's with this girl? And we start uh, in the middle of the story. There's yeah, no exposition. Like, you know, like, 
for example, in Harry Potter, you get that whole first chapter with the Dursleys, and then you have that scene where Dumbledore is kind of explaining the situation and who so-and-so is. We're not just in the middle of the story. We're in the middle of, like, her work day. We're just walking in. She's at work. Her foot's hurting her. She wants to go home. It's been a rough day. Like, we've got no exposition whatsoever. And I actually really like that because it doesn't feel like you're starting from the beginning of a story. So it doesn't automatically feel like, okay, here's our beginning and what's our end game going to be. It just feels like this is a story and this is where we're coming into it. Right. And I really like that. And it's told in third person. Yeah, so we know we're in her world. She's taking her foot off, <laughs> which is a relief. And I, I had to think a little about that because I was like, well, I know she has feeling in her knuckles. And it's a relief to take off this uncomfortable foot. So is it hurts? Is it yeah. because she's unbalanced? Because the oh, foot is like then, the foreign object in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's hated this small foot for four years. So she's hated it for four years. And that it's been too small. Yeah. So was it already too small four years ago? Did she grow out of it? Because again, we're not giving her age. Yeah, we have no idea. But she's never going to put it back again and somebody named Iko is coming back with a replacement. Yes. And we later learn that Iko is an android, but this very first mention of her... Yeah, we have no idea. That just says Iko will be back. So it could be just an assistant, a fellow shop clerk. We have no idea. Uh And this is all in the first paragraph. Yeah. There's so much going (laughs) on already. Right. It's not until paragraph four we find out that Cinder is a mechanic and that she is in a place called New Beijing. Which I automatically want to talk about. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Because are we in Asia? Not only are we in Asia, are we on, like, because Beijing is like a city. It's the hub of just trade going on. It's going to be a lot of bustle. There's probably a very large population. The fact that it's called New Beijing, is it like New York where it's built on the rubble of the previous city? Well, New York was named after the York in England. I understand that. But New but York was eventually built on top of the rubble of the former New York, wasn't it? New Amsterdam. Right? Or no? Well, I don't know. Even old New York was once in Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. Do you know that song? I do. I know what you're talking about. Thank you. Okay, because sometimes <laughs> I wonder if you're too young to know my song references. No. I guess we okay. didn't explain that, that there's a little bit of an age gap here. Yeah, I'm yeah. an old lady. So, um, so, but New Beijing. So, is New Beijing where Beijing was? Is it former colony of Beijing? You know, because, like, New Jersey, New York, those are named after the places in England. Or is it England? I get England and the U.K. and Britain all confused, right? So, like, the U.K. is the umbrella. Right. But anyway, so York and Jersey. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't think of it as, like, a colony. I kind of, the first time through, kind of thought that, like, okay, well, something happened in Beijing, and they've revitalized it some. I'm kind of thinking it's probably where Beijing formerly was. I don't know when we are right now. did make a note of that. We do find out when we are, but not a reference to what those dates mean. Right, we get dates, but when we get the dates, they're meaningless. They are, which I guess we'll get to when we get there. We don't want to skip all that fun stuff in the middle, though. 
We get a description. Yeah. She's this awesome mechanic in New Beijing, and she's in like a, a marketplace type area. Yeah. What do you think of the kids? This is one of my favorite scenes. Yes. So we have children in the marketplace singing the Ring Around the Rosie song. And playing because they're dropping. And playing. Yes. Yeah, they're doing the whole thing, which is awesome. I love to think that kids so long ago would play that, and we played that as kids. And like in whatever this time period is, obviously we have new Beijing and people who are half robots. Um, what was the wording she used? Like recently um, became popular again or something about this song. So yeah. we, so like automatically we hear this song and we find out it recently became popular again. Does that mean there's a new play? Right, because like the lore of that song that that we all sang as kids is that it was what from when like the, the bubonic plague, yeah. That's that bubonic plague. Uh, Dark Ages, right? That's right. right. Dark Ages bubonic plague. Yeah. So is this world having a time like that, or have they just been through a time like that? Is it that specific plague and it reemerged somehow? Right. We don't yeah. know. We just know that there's an indication that this song is is popular again. And that's that's yeah. so interesting to include that so early on in the chapter because we're only like a page and a half in at this point. Yeah. And the kids are playing. Uh, they're in the marketplace. And apparently the baker does not like Cinder. This is our first uh, introduction of another person in that scene. Yeah. So far, we've just yeah. been kind of watching Cinder in her world and seeing what she's up to at her booth. And then our first introduction to a new character is this kind of vague prejudice against our character of Cinder. Yeah, we have the baker. How do you pronounce it? Chang Basa? That's how I pronounce it. I've listened to the audiobooks, so I think Mm -hmm. that the way I pronounce things is based off the audiobooks now. Okay. So Chang Basa. Which is is interesting, too. We must be in Asia because the naming convention is the opposite of ours in the United States. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, the surname comes first. Yes. Yeah, so Tang Sasa and then Sasa is is what she's called and then her, her child is I'm blanking. Sunto. 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 Yes. Yeah, so so that again is we probably are in Asia. It's probably not like a somebody from Beijing went to the New World and made another Beijing. This is probably the only Beijing that now exists. I, I agree. Because that yeah. mannerism is very specific. Absolutely. And yeah. so right away we no. get this opinion of her. Is why is she so distraught on removing her child yeah. from this situation? And then yeah. Cinder's response is, it's not like wires are contagious. So yeah. what's this prejudice? Where is this coming from? Because that's the indication, mm-hmm. right? Get away from her. Mm-hmm. She's there's something about her that's derogative or mm-hmm. dangerous, maybe. Yeah. yeah, she's saying that wires aren't contagious, but then immediately she's putting work gloves on, even though it's way too hot. Like she's ashamed. Hand. She is ashamed. She wants to hide the fact that that she has this or new hand. Perhaps not that she's ashamed, it. but that she just doesn't want to deal with mm-hmm. this prejudice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then right away after that, she's working on disconnecting her too small foot when we meet 
Hentai. And I love him so much. This is our very first introduction of him. And already he's, he's, other than the fact that he's a little sexist, he's polite, he's calm. You automatically get the sense that he's diplomatic in the way that his sentences are structured and how he communicates. But before we get into all of that, we get a retina example from Cinder. Okay. Thank you. That is so rad. Yeah, we're told that she's got this bionic foot, a bionic hand, and now her brain has a retina scanner capability with some sort of browser and search reaction. Yeah, like, every time she looks at something, it pulls up the Wikipedia. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, facial recognition. Yeah, it's facial recognition. So we get this whole little spiel about Prince Hype. And this is where we get the majority of the information of where we are and when we are and and what type of government we're living in. We have a prince, a crown prince. We're in the Eastern Eastern Commonwealth. And we find out that he was born in 108 TE and that it's currently 126 TE. So he's 18. So now we know he's 18 and we don't know what TE means. We know we're in August, though. Yes. So we know that's why it's so hot and she's so warm. And if they are in Beijing, so it's probably quite humid and sticky and uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that we learn right here, well, other than that, uh, about 89,000 people apparently have, it, it says 88,987 media hits. Does that mean that almost 89,000 articles have mentioned him? Or that 89,000 people have, like, Googled him? If you were to type in his name into uh-huh. Google and it said, like, 88,000 results, you would assume that each uh-huh. of those results leads to a link of an article uh-huh. of some yeah, sort or I another website or a web page. So I think that that means that yeah. there's 88,000 platforms of which you can find out uh-huh. information on him, a Wikipedia, an article, some kind of web page right. or fan page or something. And, you know, that's what I think, too, that the word hits. And this is another yeah. time where I'm going to pick on you for being young, because you don't remember, I'm sure, in the early 90s when we all had GeoCities pages that had hit counters. Okay, I did and, not know that. Okay, so we all would have these little hit counters on our little GeoCities web pages, Terrace 3314, thank you very much. And people <laughs> would, <laughs> we put these hit counters on the page, and it would count how many people were looking at your website. And I remember it being very excited when, like, 20 people had gone to my website. <laughs> In that context, I would assume that that means that there's, that maybe he has a web page or platform of his own, and that's how many times people have searched it or visited possibly. it. Possibly. But then I think probably no, and I'm probably overthinking it. You're probably right, because as in the context of this, this is a, a YA novel, right? Like, yes. This book is written, but I'm thinking, I mean, I don't know a lot about Marissa Myers as a person. We have to assume that it's um, at least 126 years from when it was written, because we know that it that the year is 126 TE. Absolutely. So a minimum, it's 126 years from now. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, but no, I was going to say that I think that... Okay, so I did the math. (laughs) This book came out in 2012. So 
theoretically, okay. in our timeline, the year would be 2138. Okay. Okay. But I guess, I think that your first thing about his was I was just thinking like a Google search engine and that's how many absolutely. results there were. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So he's there. He Let's not to- look over what comes up with this little retina scanner. <laughs> this is big. Okay. He's hosting a press conference. About? About retinosis research and possible leads for an antidote. So is that our plague? I would suppose it is. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that we're first told that there's some kind of illness, possibly, that's rebirthed this one's popular song about death. And now we're told there's this disease that not only is big enough that the prince himself is in charge of doing press conferences for the research, but also that they're really hankering for that antidote. Yeah, but then also, he's the prince, not the king. Right. He's the prince. Why is he the one having the press conference? Well, it does say that he's the crown prince. Does that mean that he's like the official leader because he's a crown prince? No, but it means that he's the future emperor. Well, I guess I shouldn't assume emperor. I'm assuming emperor because of the Asian culture, which we find out later it is. But theoretically, if you just hear the word prince, it could be king. True. Um, But he is already performing basically some official royal duties. Yes. Only 18. And yet he's the one hosting the press conference. Yes. To wonder where's dad? Is there a prime minister? Where are mm-hmm. the advisors? Yep. Why is there not yep. a public speaker who makes announcements on behalf of the royal family? Oh golly, can you imagine? Like I, I just pictured like robot Sarah Sanders. It yeah. is a thing though that there are people it who is. handle Yeah, sure, we have that. Yeah, yeah. we have that. So Sinner Ball Fluster, he almost falls over. We do get told what he looks like. Again, we still have no idea what Cinder looks like, but we're told that he's got copper-brown eyes and black hair that hung past his ears and lips that every girl in the country had admired a thousand times. Yes, that he's dreamy. That he's dreamy and desirable. Uh Uh-huh. Is it creepy of us to call him dreamy when he's only 18? I suppose a little, but that is what she's trying to apply in the story. Like I said, we still don't know how old Cinder is. So he's working as a mechanic. A well-knowledged mechanic who's yeah. considered the best in her field, so much so that the prince himself is seeking her out. That almost gives him away like she's an older, more experienced. Right. You would think that she's not in school. Do you um, want to talk about him assuming that, that it's a boy? Of course. Oh, yeah. So Perhaps it's my time. 2019... And he even says, I automatically assumed that it was a boy. Yeah. I mean, because of course you do. Cause just because it's the year 2100, whatever. Yeah, this is, this is the year 2100. We still have a prince assuming a male pronoun. And we're also still given a very severe indication that the prince, a male individual, is the patronage of the country, that he's in a high position of power. So... We're already yeah. setting the scene for this. I mean, we're eight pages in, six pages in, 
And what do we know already? We already know we're in the future. We know there's some kind of prejudice against people who we haven't heard the word cyborg yet, but we know Cinder's some kind of bionic human hybrid. We already know that there's some kind of plague going on, and we know that there's a prince. Yeah. That's a lot in the first five pages. That kind of is a lot. (laughs) And and we still don't know anything concrete about this protagonist that we're supposed to feel a connection to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mechanic. Hair long enough to go on a ponytail. That's it. I do like her sort of attitude. And we get a lot more of it later in the books. But the way that pop culture has kind of expressed Cinderella, like how she's been portrayed and described, she's pale but beautiful with blonde hair usually. And Uh she's very kind and friendly and gentle. And Cinder's very abrupt. Oh, yeah. Right away, she's abrupt. Our very first sentence from her is... It's not like wires are contagious. We already get this image in our heads like, okay, this isn't the Cinderella we grew up with because she's kind of sassy. Absolutely. She's not like sewing or cleaning fireplaces or yeah. hanging out with mice or... She does have a like, sidekick, but it's not a mouse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, she doesn't have woodland animals helping her with her Yeah, it's a very different setting than the little cottage in the woods. Yes. So why is yeah. Ty there? Well... He's plopping things on her table, rude like. He just slams it and down. He finds out that he has this um, this android. So immediately, I see the word android. I picture like Superio. See, I go to that. a more Isaac Asimov. Oh sure. Imagery. Yeah. I very much enjoy Isaac Asimov's books, and I read them a lot when I was younger. So I hear android or robot, I automatically think of like a humanistic version, but metallic. Okay. So I guess kind of like C-3PO. Yeah. Just yeah. not copper. We find out, <laughs> we find out this, this android that he just plops down on her table is in very good shape. It looks like it had just stepped off the conveyor belt. So stepped off. So we so know it can walk. Android walk. It's bipedal. Um, yeah. But apparently this has a mock feminine shape. Which makes it an outdated model. So, um, I guess, for whatever reason, they used to make androids shaped like the ladies. Um, Perhaps now they include both genders. head, a top of pear-shaped body, and glossy white finish. Um, it's very pristine. Oh, yeah. He takes care of his stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. he should. But he can't get her to turn off. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I like this part. Um so he, he tells her, I can't get her to turn on. The palace people check her up every month, but this is the first time she's had a problem. And then Cinder notices, he picks up her old foot off the table, just like idly looking at it. And uh, for some reason, he's wearing this oversized like hoodie. And he, he uses his too long sleeve of his sweatshirt to polish a smudge off of her too small foot. And apparently this makes her, like, nervous or flustered. Then she's all flustered, saying, aren't you hot? Well, she's also standing on one foot. She stood and bowed when she realized that it was a nobility. And so she's been standing on her foot. But we know that the other foot was removed. So she's got one foot on the ground this whole time. Yeah, so she's nervous and flustered, but I just love that he asks, isn't he hot? <laughs> because the way that she asks it, it's so abrupt, and then she insta- 
regrets it. it she's, she's basically saying, like, hey, do you know that you're cute? But really, she's saying, like, aren't you overheated? Right. And she realizes, yeah, she realizes that, uh, that he's a heartthrob, I think. Again, this is something very different than we would see with the kind of retellings we get from Cinderella, because in those retellings, she's very demure. She's she communicates well even the first time she meets uh-huh. the prince. She doesn't seem nervous. Uh-huh. Cinder, she's nervous. She's fumbled. She's tossing out sentences incoherently. Yeah, fumbling a little bit. Yeah, she starts pulling on her gloves. Did you notice that? Yes, yes. Like immediately. Before when we first see her put the gloves on, is is it like, oh, maybe she just doesn't want to deal with, you know, this lady at the market. Now it seems like she's ashamed. She doesn't want him to see it. And that's yeah. why she's I, hiding it. I think it's interesting that she's wearing these hot gloves hiding her steel. She is wearing this giant sweatshirt. Hiding his appearance. She has a lie detector. Yeah. Lie detector built into this automatic Wikipedia sensor deal in her eyes. How handy! Just this tiny little orange light. There's an orange light that goes off in her field of vision. Which would you really want to have that? I I don't think I would. It's like an abuse of power, right? And also like. Sometimes I just don't want to know that I'm being lied to. It's one of those things that I don't, I don't know how I would handle stuff. So, because yeah. I know, I mean, come on, like my husband, I'm sure has like lied to me about stuff. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I babe, mean, I'd love to watch the new Taylor Swift music video with you. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that shirt looks great on you. Yeah. No, I'm not bad. No, I don't think I would either. Especially because think about how often that might go off in even today's society, but like. Constantly. And I'm not even thinking about people that you're familiar with. Maybe just someone that you Mm -hmm. meet at like the grocery store or a job interview or something. And you're like, how are you? And they're like, oh, I'm great. And you see this little detector go off and it's like, oh no, now I'm worrying about what this stranger is going through and how how sensitive is their life and what's going on. And it just seems like it would be so overwhelming. You took it to a sad place. Yeah. No, I didn't even think about that. I thought about, like, the personal, like, everybody likes the new sadness. But no, yeah, you're right. The biggest lie we all tell everybody all the time is, yeah, I'm fine. fine. And to know for sure and, like, to be basically, like, have it in your face literally and be forced to acknowledge that that is never true. Oh. Because this lie detector is yeah. almost also like a depression sensor. Yeah. In that way. Yeah, it would be. Oh, my goodness. Oh, golly. Yeah. So she throws the Android yeah. on the table. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then on the next page uh, is where we find out that she is what they call a cyborg. Yes, the fewer people who knew she was a yeah. cyborg, the better. Yeah, so we're sure she's so mad. All the market shopkeepers looked at her with the same disdain as Chang Sasha did. Yes. So Chang Sasha knows that she's cyborg. But not everyone her. knows. But not everybody knows. And it almost makes it seem like Chang Sasha is the only one who knows. It really does sound that way. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the way that Chang Sasha pulled her kid away and, you know. So there's asked, some like, kind of prejudice for some kind of reason against cyborg and we don't know why yet so much yeah. so that she's ashamed and tries to hide it from everyone mm-hmm. actually that means it's right after this is where we find out about her orange light i skipped ahead <laughs> i was just so excited about that orange light yeah yeah so i didn't think i skipped something that part so yeah so here is where we find out because i didn't uh, even make you know, a note in my notes like the first time we see cyborg <laughs> Um, so she's looking at this uh, android for Prince Kai and kind of suggests that he upgrade to a newer model because sometimes they just wear out. And that is where he lies because he says, I'm afraid I can't do that. She contains top secret information. It's a matter of national security that I retrieve it before anyone else does. And then he's like, oh, just then, kidding. Yeah, then he says, just kidding. And, and that's that when her detector goes off. Like, so the disclaimer is Yep. Looks like, yeah. So. And it almost true. seems so. like he was like, no, it's really important. She has secret information. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, oh, oh, she's my bestie. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> have said that. <laughs> yes, very much so. And this was sad. He was used to the little orange sign that came up all the time. It meant that someone was lying. And see, that's where I yeah. thought of the I'm fine because all the time implies that she's consistently being lied to perhaps by people who are aware that she's a cyborg or perhaps suspicious but don't want to outright question or confirm we later learn that she has a uncomfortable relationship with her step family so possibly she's lied to frequently there yeah so she's examining the android she finds out the model number it's 20 years old now, Prince Kai is only 18. Which means this has been an android of the palace before it was an android of mm-hmm. his. Yes, so what was this android up to the two years before Prince Kai was born? And who had it? Um, and who had it? Yeah, so that's interesting. I would think, and I don't know, because we do get such personality out of Eiffel later when we meet her. It's just in a minute. Um, but also, I think, like, android is kind of, like, Computer, so I think like, oh, a two-year-old computer kind of ready for an upgrade. Well, so let me reveal something. My husband is in the United States Air Force, and he works in computer programming. And you'd be Mm -hmm. surprised some of the communication that they use seems primitive, but it's because Mm -hmm. it's got less radar than what we use now. It's less Mm -hmm. easily decoded or or hacked into. Like, they still have floppy disks. Oh, my goodness. So, not for everything, but there are some communications that are still done in what we might consider a primitive fashion, and Uh it's because it's harder to hack into that. Because it's not a part of, like, the web that we have now with internet and things and satellites and all of that. And so my thought was automatically, okay, this is really old, and it's got top-secret information, and 
he's worried that someone was able to hack into it when they weren't supposed to be able to because of how old it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. I guess, like, you can't hack a typewriter the way you can a computer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, 20-year-old Android, what was it doing? Who did it belong and, uh, to? And then Cinder Smack, which is awesome. I mean, it, it's like blowing into the Nintendo cartridge, but... It's been a while since I've had to smack a computer to get it to work again, but I remember those days. This is really funny to me, though, because it says raising her fist, she thunked the android hard on the side of its head. Literally, just it's very comical to me that she's just like, bop, right on the side of the head. I mean, don't you want to do that to people sometimes when they're being stupid? Yeah, it felt very cartoonish to me. <laughs> it is. Yes. It's like a very Tom and, and Jerry moment. And it was a big cartoon wooden mallet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then this is where this is where Prince Kai asks if she's sure she's Winston or the mechanic. <laughs> Thinking I perhaps she's had a bit of a laugh at his expense. Iko comes running in. So dramatic. Iko <laughs> is a whirlwind of energy. Yes. He is like a little tornado. And... I've got it. I've got it. And and she slams this new foot on the table. And she's so excited about how cheap she got it. Yes, she talked the dealer down. To 600 units. So whatever a unit is, is their currency. Yes. And I would suppose with a name like unit, I would assume that it's the same derivation as universal. That was my thought too, uh, as like sort of a universal currency. Yeah, so some sort of common currency. So it's Bitcoin, um, but like legit. Right. Right. So, 600 units. And <laughs> Cinder panics because she doesn't want him to I know, know that the foot is for her. Yeah. She yeah. Want to know. And so, I was just being crazy, not this is terrible. Iko reminds me a little bit of one of my coolest roommates, <laughs> but the way that Iko is just rushing in and talking and unaware. And a ball that, of energy. Um, yeah, that Cinder is, like, potentially embarrassed. I was like, oh, I miss my friend. <laughs> it was that way sometimes. <laughs> and if she listens to this, I hope that's not offensive because I love her, but... But it so it just struck me like that. I was like, Oh, I could see I could see her doing that. Um, just the, the running in and the the not not assessing the situation first. Um This is perhaps like the history buff in me, but I wanted to point out it says his Imperial Highness, not Majesty. And so to me that's the indication this isn't a kingdom, this is an empire. Okay. Did that occur to you? Uh I never stopped to think about the difference between a kingdom and an empire. And now that you point it out, that makes sense. Um, because in a okay. in a kingdom, there's usually a prime minister, and the uh-huh. monarchy is sort of a the figurehead. Yeah, exactly. And they're not necessarily involved in the tiny little details of like government uh-huh. official and and everything that in, includes something like a press conference, for example. Mm-hmm. We're in New Beijing, but it's part of the Eastern Commonwealth. He's the prince, but this is an empire. Mm-hmm. This isn't some it's small it. kingdom. This is a huge empire. 
and it's run mm-hmm. as an empire. He doesn't have a prime minister. The emperor mm-hmm. is the head of the government. Mm-hmm. And so that was like my yeah. first clue as to, okay, maybe that's why he's so important that he's the one doing the press conference himself. Right. Yes. And then we get Iko confused because Cinder tries to deflect and pretend that the foot's for somebody else. And then Cinder points out that Prince Kai is there. So the first thing Iko says to him is, Prince Kai, you are even more handsome in person. Her voice squeaking. <laughs> her voice squeaking. You can tell that she's nervous, but it says her metallic voice squeaking. And she's an android. Yes. So I wanted to ask about this. With this description of Ico, do you get artificial intelligence or more of like a hominoid? Yeah, she definitely seems like more human than artificial intelligence would be. Yeah, she definitely, she's she's something else. Yeah. Because she's not um, mechanical when she comes in. She's not, she doesn't enter and, excuse me, Cinder or. Cinder, I have retrieved the parts, 600 units. She's all excited. She comes in. Look what I got. Look at this deal I got. You're the handsome prince. So it's very humanistic. And to me, that's like, that's a really big difference between artificial intelligence and this sort of application of human characteristics to this object. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more to her than robots. Yes. And Kai even says the same thing. Yeah, and I love this. Kai says, you don't see a personality like that every day. Right. Did you program her yourself? <laughs> and Cinder says, believe it or not, she came that way. I suspect a programming error, which is probably why my stepmother got her so cheap. So now we know and she has also, a stepmother. Yes, we do. This is our first and mention of any family connections. Yes. And Aiko, all offended, says, I do not have a programming error. I and know. I love that. Aiko is sassy. She is. So fun. She's, She's so, so fun. fun. Right away. And I, we are spoiler free, but I will say that throughout the series, I do sometimes have to remind myself that she is an android. Because mm-hmm. there will be moments and scenes, even sometimes in this chapter, where I completely forget that she's not a human being in this population. She is an android. And it just mm-hmm. goes right over my head sometimes. Because I just get caught up in all of her emotional depth. Yeah. Oh, so great. Then we have this Kai and Cinder talking about fixing his android. And um, he held his left wrist toward her, embedded with his ID it. chip when he talks about payment. So we yeah, have this so. like conspiracy theory style tracking device inside everybody's wrist. Yeah, See, it, and it sounds convenient if you don't think too hard about how creepy it is. Right. Right, yeah, because it would be wonderful to just be able to, like, flip your wrist out and pay people for stuff. Well, also um, think of the benefits of this if, for example, someone is kidnapped yeah. or injured or, you know, they mm-hmm. get amnesia and they wash up somewhere. Their medical history is, is right there. It would certainly save yeah, time when identifying your, bodies. Yeah, you um, wouldn't need your, like, I'm allergic to peanuts bracelet. Right. It's just programmed in your chip. Right. So this is very convenient, even for things more serious yeah. than money. But it is kind of an invasion yeah. of privacy. Yeah. Oh, and then we also find out 
right after he holds his wrist up to try and pay Scott and I he just they also find out there's a festival coming up yeah in true Cinderella we'll, fashion right there's some big yeah. event coming up some events so we'll find out more soon I'm sure and then he tells Cinder to send a calm to the palace when she's ready this like futuristic word for communicating through like I assume some kind of small messenger service but yeah, it's pretty easy to determine, like, calm is short for communication. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Prince Kai is asking um, if she'll be at the market again next weekend. So I go to pass the pop up. Oh, yes, you should come again. That'd be lovely. We're here every day. <laughs> yes. Just so happy and, then, and so excited. and So excited. And so it's moments like that where you forget that she's an android. Exactly. You know, that's a very yeah. humanistic behavior, almost little girl and giddy-ish. And like the embarrassing little sister that has a crush on. Like, the guy that you also have a crush on. Sister. or Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Prince Ty, you know, tucks himself back into his hoodie and goes away. And I cause him love. <laughs> I love this part. <laughs> I go, I go so in love. Echo rolls on her side, clasping her metal grippers over her chest. Prince Kai, check my fan. I think I'm overheating. <laughs> She's not for Kai. But the <laughs> fan is overheating. Yes. And here's our first mention I, of Peony. Yes. Echo asks, can you imagine Peony's expression when she hears about this? So whoever Peony is. She also has a soft spot for this crown prince. Yes. Yes, we can assume that Teeny digs Prince Kai and is going to be very jealous because Cinder says you can imagine a lot of high-pitched squealing. Yes, yes. We do um, find out just from this sentence and paragraph where she talks about Peony that there is a level of affection there. Whoever Peony oh, is, she is, she, Cinder feels a very strong form of affection to her. Yes. So we know that besides Aiko, she has at least one human, possibly. I guess we don't Mm -hmm. know that that Peony is a human, but we have at least one other individual in the world that Cinder has some kind of connection with. Yeah. So not everybody's prejudiced. Right. But then, of course, Aiko has to point out the grief plot. And again, very comical. Been there the whole time. No. Reminds me of Ron Weasley on the train. Yes, with the, with dirt, the dirt on his, his nose, nose. and yes. Hermione. Oh, so little me too with dirty faces. Apparently, those are common in young adult lit. This is such a big moment. They're just sitting there. They're talking about the shoes. She's so excited about having the new foot on. She talks about her stepmom. We find out her name is Audrey, and that she's going to murder Cinder for buying a foot that is actually the correct size. So we get this indication oh. that she's. Not a very nice person, and then just boom, scream. Yeah, right. And she's telling Iko to throw her old two small foot away. A scream fills Cinder's ears. Isn't it so abrupt? It's this. So far, we've just been kind of. We walked into this booth. We're watching this girl while she's at work. She meets a really hot guy. She's gonna fix his robot. Her robot is super excited. They got a new foot. Boom, scream. And that is also, though, where we find out that she has an audio interface. Yeah. So that's interesting. So we know that her eyes do some special things. 
the orange light and the pulling up high with the, the scanner and retina display. display and yeah, but now we yeah. find out her ears are also so electronically enhanced. More, yeah, there's a lot more less human to her than just the the, the foot, foot or the hand. The children who had gone on from playing the ring around the rosy to playing hide and seek are all peeking out from where they're hiding, and we find out that it's the baker Changsasa that has screamed. And we go from this kind of, like, giggly moment with Cinder and Aiko and, isn't he dreamy? And, mm-hmm. oh, no, I had a grease spot on my face. And then it's just sheer panic. Mm-hmm. Just panic. And then all of a sudden, someone yells, the plague. She has the plague. I know it just says someone yelled. I always hear it as quite hysterical. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Just, yeah. like, drenched with fear and panic and yeah mothers are grabbing their children people are covering their faces yeah somebody grabbed Sunto and pulled him away from his mom Uh all the softkeepers are slamming their rolling doors shut so I picture something like at an old mall yeah gate doors like yeah which is interesting because up until that point I was picturing like more an outdoor market yeah, like, you know, the farmer's market people just have, like, pop-up tents was what I pictured until... And now we get this moment where I'm like, okay, is it more like a carport? Is it more like an yeah. industrialized market where a booth is essentially an actual, you know, real... Yeah. Yeah, it must be. Definitely a lot more formal than I pictured before. So they, they pull the baker's kids away. Cinder's holding her breath. So now we know that despite the fact that she is bionic and a cyborg, she is vulnerable to this plague because she's scared. She, her stomach churns, she stifles a scream, she covers her face, she's holding her breath. And she's trying at the same time to calm down Iko. Don't worry, Cinder said, hopping down from the chair. Screams are fading. They're closed in her booth, her little fix-it shop. And this is so dramatic because this, like, this whole scene I picture, we're, we're so happy, everything's calm, there's a scream, there's a panic, there's a frenzy, Cinder covers her mouth, and then she just slams yeah. it shut, and I almost get this wave of, like, darkness. Like, I can just hear it slam, you know it's completely dark in there now, because it even says that Iko turns on her light. Yeah. And it's just this wave of, it's just such a, it's such an atmospheric shift from where we were, like, three paragraphs ago. Mm -hmm. And they wait until they hear sirens and an emergency hover. Main form of transportation is some kind of hover. Hover, which I'm picturing, like, the Hunger Games. I was thinking the exact same thing. Industrialized, fans, large... Uh-huh. Yep, I was picturing the exact same thing, so we're on the same page there. Okay, yeah, yeah, the hover comes and alien abducts the, the plague victim. And then that's so, it, that's the whole, that's, that's, it. that's our first chapter, and chapter it's huge, one. it's 16 pages, and I feel like so much happens, and we still don't so know very much. much. Uh, and where are we for time? We're at an hour and two minutes. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll wrap up um, fairly quickly. Yeah, how do you feel right now after reading all of that? Uh, yeah, I'm ready to read chapter two. Yeah, this may be the first time in my whole life where I've stopped reading after one chapter of anything. 
chapters coming up but for the very first episode we wanted to make sure we included everything because these books move incredibly fast these books are so good whoever if anyone is listening to this hopefully you're reading along oh for the next time chapter two chapter two and three but before that we do have one segment that we're going to do at the end of every chapter where we're going to pick our favorite quote from the chapter and it's a little redundant, but mine is just that first opening. I just, I love that. While her sisters were given beautiful dresses and fine slippers, Cinderella had only a filthy smock and wooden shoes. Right away, you're pulled in. It's going to be this fairy tale. We know it's a Cinderella story. We know that element of superiority on the step family side versus our protagonist side is there. It's such a great entrance into this story, especially because that's basically our only entrance. After that, we're just walking into the market. Yeah. So my favorite line is, I go, I do not have a programming error. Yeah. I just, I love that line about her not having a programming error. I love this world. I can't wait to find out more because we have, we have Android. We have Cyborg. We have Cubit. How does that work? Who are People, how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. And there's so much going on. I mean, we go through so many emotions in these these tiny little 14 pages. And I'm just so excited. So for our next episode, everyone read chapter two and three and pick your quote. And in the meantime, Bethany, where can they find us? Uh, they can find us at Prince Kai Fan Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Also Twitter. And Gmail if you want to send us an email. And please Prince rate, Kai review, Fan and Pod. subscribe. But we will post reminders of which chapters and what episodes. And we're going to try to do every week. Yeah. Yeah. Life is crazy. Bethany is in school. I work full time. and yeah. have and I take about seven classes a semester, so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so rate, review, and subscribe. Visit all our social media. And uh, next week, chapters two and three. See you next week. See you next week. The passages read for you today are from Cinder by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Rebecca Baker. Thank you for listening. You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber, please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. 
while you sleep? Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com.